1: Welcome to the Files of the AYR. yaoihunters.com. Since the early 1800s, newspapers across the country reported and often headlined on a supposed gorilla being seen in the areas of the Australian forest. It was questioned at the time... Was this an Indigenous primate, or something introduced? The New South Wales reports were steady, particularly in the Illawarra region below Sydney, the surrounds of Canberra and Bega in the southern New South Wales. During many of these encounters, people reported having fired their rifles at them, both out of curiosity and fear. Sometimes missing, and sometimes hitting their mark. The problem was, it often had little visible effect. In 1876, the Illawarra Mercury leads with the typical headline of the time, Gorilla again." It tells of an account where another Yowie is shot at. It states, It appeared to be six feet tall and covered in hair. A heavily armed group of men set off after it firing shots which made little impact. By the end of the 1800s, various groups of men would lead expeditions on horseback in order to return with one of the species dead or alive. Despite the odd report of hitting a Yowie, it always managed to get away. During the 18 and early 1900s, The Illawarra newspaper reports were consistent as today's sightings in the same areas, and many have been just as dramatic. It's here that I'll pass it over to Sarah Bignall as I say, welcome to Macquarie Pass.
2: Where I grew up, it's in New South Wales, in the Southern Highlands region. We grew up out in the middle of the bush. There's absolutely nothing around. And this is out near the, the big the escarpment that goes down to the, the coast there. We just grew up there since I was a young kid. To, it went on for over 20 years since I lived there. And
0: what was the nearest town? Where were you?
2: It's Macquarie Pass National Park. It's all bushland through there. and There's nothing in there at all.
0: Does that okay. go all the way up to, is it Lake Gavon?
2: Yeah, it goes right up through there and... Yeah, there's nothing in there but a couple of old fire trails that they don't upkeep anymore.
0: Yeah, right. And what's there's the, um, what's, the um, what's the landscape look like?
2: Classic Australian bush, and then there's a few swampy areas in there with it being, you know, near the escarpment, so it's elevated, and there's a few cliffs and caves and stuff like that. We moved in there as a family when I was young, something like three or four or something like that, and, um, you know, they don't really notice anything growing up. You always hear the odd noises here and there, and my dad just, you know, puts it down to that's just the normal noises of the bush, and it's also the old house making a noise and stuff like that. We lived in a really old shack, essentially, but it's one of those really old houses that has an outside toilet. It's it's only, you know, say three metres from the house, but still, you've got to go to the toilet when it's dark, and... um, yeah, you never want to go by yourself. It's pretty scary I, I, if you are a little kid. Yeah, just growing up, you don't know what it was, but as soon as you walked out there at night time, you felt like, you know, something's watching you. Never wanted to go alone. And and then as I got older, as a teenager, you start hearing things on the old corrugated iron behind the old toilet there, you know, like something's standing there or banging on it, stuff like that.
0: On the toilet or the house? Yeah. On the toilet? The toilet, yeah. Oh. While
2: you're in the yeah, toilet,
0: going to the toilet?
2: Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Growing up, my dad always used to say if there was something out there in the bush, you know, that wanted to hurt us, it would have come and hurt us already because we've lived there for that many years. I reckon my dad knows, you know, that there's what it is. There's a yowie there, for example, or a family of them. You know, he, he doesn't admit to it. He won't talk about it.
0: Is he still in the same house? Um,
2: yes, they still lives there. We've all moved out. and My younger sister still lives there. You know, that's just the normal sort of things growing up. You notice a few things, but you don't really think much about it. And then I was about, you no, know, probably about twenty. So I'm, I'm thirty now, so probably about twenty is when I started noticing a few more things. And it's um, through the colder months of the year. So about this time of year, about autumn, it always the activity always kicked up a lot more. So. I noticed whatever it was, or I reckon there was probably a family of them, would come through the area this time of year. The activity had really increased for this four to six months of the year. I noticed a few things and asked mum mum and dad and the other family members, my brother and sister, and they sort of never wanted to talk about it. In the bush, you'd hear, you know, tree knocks and stomping around and you'd think something was in there. You get the torch out and you try and see, and you see nothing, nothing at all, all that sort of stuff. And then, you know, my dad just put it down to, oh, well, don't worry about it, this and that. And I'm like, no, no, it's, it's, you know, I looked into this, it sounds like there's a hairy man, as my dad calls it, or a yowie. And my um, dad goes, oh, well, no, the only thing I've heard of that is there was an old, one of the really old timers that lives over the back from us, over the hill said he, he's seen a few hairy men over the years. I'm just like, oh, well, it could be what it is, Dad. Dad's like, no, 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 not that, they don't exist, and all that sort of stuff.
0: I wonder why he doesn't want to so, talk about it or admit re- it. Maybe because it might scare him too much if he admits
2: to himself I, I that he, there's something yeah. new. Yeah, I, I reckon, because growing up, you know, three kids, he's had three young kids living out there in the middle of nowhere. I reckon he's known what, what, what it is and he's had to um, live with it and admit it because... He's either had an encounter himself that he, he doesn't want to talk about, or, or something. But he, he definitely knows. He won't admit it. And then, yeah. So uh, one night, I, you know, shining the torch, looking for this noise noises, you see a set of eyes, almost white, but almost pale yellow. A set of eyes, you know, eight foot off the ground, staring at you. I remember very vividly once looking at it. I seen the set of eyes, probably about twenty meters into the bush. Couldn't see anything else but the glowing eyes. They're about eight to nine foot up. And I'm like, oh, it could be an owl perched on a tree. The the eyes went down to into almost like whatever it was, squatted in a squatting position. You could see it blinking, but there were no shadows in the way. Like it didn't go behind a branch or anything like that. It just squatted down. There was nothing in the way. So if it was an owl, it would have flew away or you would have seen it fall or... If it hopped to another branch, you would have seen the branch in the way. You could see the eye shine. It's the same as any other animal's eye shine. You can see it from the reflection of the torch miles away. The torch actual light doesn't go that far. Just things I pick up growing in the bush, bit of hunting and stuff like that. So you know what sort of, what eyes are different between like a fox and a cow and a horse mm-hmm. at night time. Yeah. They all glow differently. And then my younger sister had a boyfriend at the time. It's her ex boyfriend now. But uh, he'd come up and he lived with us for a while, a period of time. And um, he started noticing the same things. And then my sister sort of clued on to it a little bit. So the guy, uh, Luke, his name was, he clued onto to it and said, that he was seeing the same things as me. And and then he started working for me because I was running my own business. So we'd get up at 5 in the morning, still dark, get things ready, load the, the trailer up. and That was our morning routine during the week. He used to say... He'd wait inside until he'd seen me get up because every time he'd get up, he he'd thought there was something there or something just staring at him or he'd hear something run away as soon as you come out. And and he'd say the same thing as I say. It's, it's not a kangaroo. It's, it's, you can hear very well it's something running. Bipedal is the word. Yeah, and, you know, very heavy. This time of year, the activity would very well increase. We noticed a pattern between the two of us that this time of year, living out there, just on dark every now and then you'd hear the like a, a scream or a moan almost okay. almost like the foxes like the wild foxes here in Australia they make a screaming noise
0: yeah they sure do
2: <laughs> okay. um almost similar to that but it was almost like if a really heavy set bloke with a real deep voice made it almost like that but it you know echoed for kilometers right through
0: and that happened quite a few times <laughs> did it
2: not very often we've heard it probably 10 10 to 15 times over a couple of years that this, this activity really increased.
0: Always at the same time, so in the evening around autumn?
2: Yeah. So where we live, we live on a train line and up the top of this hill you'd hear it and then you'd hear it again when it was at the bottom of the hill and then you'd hear it when it was near our property, like in the bush, and then you'd hear it when it was past our property. You could nearly do it at the same time. So you could nearly pick when it was going to be here so we'd go outside and try and see what it was. Anytime any time we stirred it up, you'd just hear the running and it was gone, you know, quicker than anyone could run, especially through the bush, how thick it is. It was just gone, whatever it was, because run that quick.
0: You and your your sister's ex were feeling anxious or uneasy about it?
2: Yeah, because we're curious and we go out there and we've obviously stirred things up.
0: Did it sound um, like more than one creature?
2: No, at this stage, no. At this stage, it just sounds like one. It happened really, really bad one night and it was only me, Luke and my sister home that night. We all sort of heard it, knew what happened and then as soon as the sun cracked, uh, me and Luke took off in the direction it went which was into the deep bush towards the escarpment where there's just kilometres, hundreds of kilometres of bush and uh, we took off into there and followed it as far as we heard it like to where it went, looked for any signs of you know, fresh tracks and this and that. No track on the old train line there. There's an old little road that runs next to it. A couple of kilometres into the bush, Luke got real scared, just real uneasy. He said, no, there's something here, something watching us. Then I sort of just went real quiet and clicked on that. You couldn't hear anything else. There was no other insects, birds, anything like that. You couldn't hear anything, but, you know, the trees rustling with (laughs) a little bit of the breeze. Then the bad smell came across, like something that something was dead. And then, uh, yeah, that scared Luke a lot. And I'm just like, well, there's something dead around here. Let's look for it. And I couldn't find anything.
0: That smell you were you were smelling, it smelled like something dead, a well, dead they, animal they, 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 or something.
2: Living in the bush, you know, you know what the dead things smell like. In in a country town, you know what the wombats smell like when they're dead, and the, and the kangaroos and the rabbits and stuff like that. And this was, it was none of those distinct smells. It was definitely smelled like something was dead mixed um, with a bit of, you know, like a rotten garbage smell, but it's like, a, it had like a heat to it, like it was a warm smell. Hard to explain. But I still remember it very, very vividly. It's a yeah. um, very warm, you know, dead sort of smell. Okay. Almost like I had a heat to it, but, it, you know, it was a cold day.
0: You mentioned that it was autumn, so it w- it wasn't that hot an evening.
2: No, uh, no, no. Well, um, we always prefer to go walking in the bush on a colder day because there's less snakes because usually a lot of snakes in the area. We're doing that, and then you smelt that. This Luke was uneasy, so he sort of just stood there, and I circled around you know, a bit of a perimeter and looked for anything dead or any other signs. And it was just nothing really, and then clued on again that when I looked back at Luke from about 10 metres away, All the trees, the gum trees, almost like a paper bark gum tree in this area, they were all ring barked essentially by scratching, but that was about 10 foot up. The trees weren't touched down the bottom, but about 10 foot up, all these trees, probably about 10 to 20 trees, was just scratches.
0: One of the theories uh, that I've heard is the hairy man is using its nails, its finger and index finger nails, to get into where there are grubs under the, the surface. Do you remember yeah. whether there was a uniformity to all of those scratches? Did it look like there was a purpose behind them?
2: I don't know. It was almost like territorial. I did notice on the way out there was a, a tree, odd tree here and there with the same marking. Not as bad. Definitely similar. So it was almost like it was a, a trail for them. i got a lot of Aboriginal heritage in my family as well. I do know a lot about the bush and... These trees wouldn't have had grubs in them. I did think of that. These trees wouldn't have had grubs in them.
0: Not the kind of tree that attracts grubs?
2: A bit too young. The grubs would get in the older trees. Oh. For them. These trees were just fairly young, still thick, very healthy. There weren't, you know, me looking at the trees, there weren't any signs of grubs in the trees. I think it might have been a territorial thing. As Once you get to that spot, you know, that might have been a warning to just turn around and fuck off. Uh, right, sort of maybe. Thing.
0: Luke's standing in the clearing that you've just noticed and you've noticed all the scratches yeah. and he's feeling really uneasy, you're feeling uneasy. Your sister was there too?
2: No, 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 she, she didn't want to come. Luke got too uneasy. Were you feeling prepared. the
0: same uneasiness that he was?
2: No, I didn't feel like anything was watching us at that stage. But, you know, that's as far as we went that day, So we went back. Since then, or that night, like the next night, the activity just got worse.
0: Got worse, as in more well, frequent? That, yeah. That night I was out
2: doing a few things, and it was just me, me my sister, and Luke home for a while, for the, a couple of days, I think it was. So I was out that night, and they rang me and said, it's back, it's bad, like, you better get home. So I got home real quick. Would have been 15 minutes and I was back, probably just before midnight. They said, whatever it was is in this bit of a forest like there was a forest all around, but there was one little bit that was a pine forest next to our house. And it says, whatever it is is in there. And so, shine the torch, and you could see the eyes. And then the second set of eyes lit up. I'm like, oh, shit, there's more than one of them. I told Luke to keep the torch on them. So he's got the torch on them. And then I can hear up over the train line, which is right next to the house in that bush, there's a, another, at least one walking around in there. So, so you're so, thinking there are three? So there's at least three of them. We're looking at these eyes. One set of eyes is about eight, nine foot off the ground. One set of eyes is probably six foot off the ground. And then this other one, the other noise I could hear over the train line in the bush. It was making a big racket, but not as big of this racket as we'd heard most nights.
0: Pushing trees, stomping.
2: What kind of noise was it? It was almost like they ripped a tree out to hit another tree. You know, banging and then um, you could hear the trees shaking and crunching and, with the train line, because the train line was risen, it was up, up higher, a bit of a valley down into, into the bush, and you could hear hear it throwing stuff up and crashing onto the train lines, landing there, rocks and sticks landing up there and all that sort of stuff.
0: Were the eyes, the, the two sets of eyes, the same colour? Yeah. That whitish-yellow that you mentioned?
2: Yes. Like
0: in different heights, but...
2: Just a different height, same yeah. pretty much the same size, yeah you could see him blinking which was kind of freaky just staring at us the whole time this noise is happening just staring so um
0: how did you both react
2: well i'll go and get the gun out of the safe uh-huh. that's my, my first thought <laughs> i've got a license for guns i ha- always have so i go and get the just got the little rifle out and walked over there and they took off that was it you see the crunching the banging hmm. and then that's it they just you can you can hear the noise, just crunch and banging the runner through the bush till they're gone. And that happens pretty quickly, which always surprises right? me. I mean, that night, me and Luke took off trying to chase them down our paddock and up the drive, and they were long gone before we even got to the end of our clearing, to the bush. They move that quick through the bush. And after that night, we sort of clued on, you know, done a bit more research and clued on that. All right, so it's, it's a yowie for sure. It's got to be.
0: Why do you think they were all there that night?
2: I'm thinking like we pissed them off by following them the trail. I don't think they've ever had anything follow the trail before. I think we might have... They must have been watching us or, or something, but we definitely pissed them off somehow. That was sort of that night and it ramped up a bit. We heard all the noises and that sort of stuff.
0: This is the night after the, the three visitors?
2: Yeah, yep. the night after I realised there was at least three of them. Yep. A the night or two after that, we all went out for dinner, like as a family. And uh, we got back pretty late, probably about 11, 12 o'clock at night. We'd taken two or three cars. So my sister and a boyfriend took their own car, but we, we all got back home at a similar time on this property. And they lived in a, a granny flat that was separate to the house. When we got home, they pulled up there, and I sort of pulled up the back, and walked down. As soon as I hopped out, and the dad hopped out of his car, whatever, you know, we heard my sister scream. So we all took off down there. Ten seconds max, and we got there. She's screaming, and Luke's white as a ghost. And she's screaming, "Somebody touch me! Somebody touch me!" And there was someone here. Like I hopped out of the car. Somebody come up behind me and touch me. And I'm just like, "Well, there's no one here. Our property's cleared for a couple of acres. We got the floodlights on, and there's nothing around." And she's like, "I heard it run. It took off." I'm trying to get a word out of Luke, and he's just frozen stiff. I'm just like, "Luke, what did you see?" He's like, "Oh, I seen it." He's like, "I seen it." Like, there was like a big man there. He went to grab Amy, and as soon as I turned around with the torch, he took off and he ran that quick, he was gone. I'm right. just like, So, you seen it? He's like, Yeah. He's like, It, it looked like it was going to grab Amy, like your sister. I'm like, So, okay, well, this is getting a bit serious then. Yeah, that sort of um, buggered Luke up after that, sort of shut down a bit.
0: Are you still in contact with him? I wouldn't mind having a chat to him.
2: I have reached out to him. He's in the process of getting back to me with a few details. And, he'll probably um, contact you himself, I think he said he will Yeah, so Luke's seen it and Amy, Amy felt it grab her and turned around and it was gone so it can move that quick
0: Did she actually see it or she just felt something touch her? No,
2: she felt something touch her and like she turned around she could hear the running and it was gone.
0: Touch her on the on she, the back or the arm or?
2: Yeah, come up behind her, I think it touched her on maybe the right, It tried to grab her on the right shoulder I remember after that My mum and dad went away for a weekend in their caravan. So, again, it was just me, my sister, and a boyfriend home. Yeah, late one night, my sister comes running down in the shed and says, She can hear it coming again. So, I'm like, All right, well, you know, if it's been hanging around and it's tried to grab your sister and been hanging around my shed, like, you know, let's, you know, let's show it we're not afraid of it, essentially. So, we heard it coming down, the normal noise, we heard the yelp, or the scream. I don't know how to describe it, but. We heard that, and then we heard it again. I'm like, right, this is where it's coming through, this part of the forest. It's going to be here again. I went and got the gun out, and we had the torches out, this and that. Luke heard it on the other side of the train line. I'm like, oh, it's bloody tricking it. I'm like, quick, go over there. I'm going to stay over here in case it's the three of them or four of them, however many, you know, at least three of them. I'm like, go over there, see if you can see it again, and try and scare the shit out of it. I said, I'll stay over here and see if it comes through the normal route. So they're over there they went through right up on the train line and i couldn't see him or hear him at that point i'm just waiting there with the torch off in the dark just standing still yeah heard this big crunching banging walking through and then it stopped right in front of me so i'm like okay this yeah he's walked up and obviously realized i'm here and stopped about 20 meters away from me in the bush and uh, i'm in the clearing of our property on the fence line i just stood there didn't do anything for probably a minute I'm like, oh, I've got to do something. So I turned the light on and it took off. It didn't go in the normal direction. It took off towards, there's a big paddock next to us. It's a big clear paddock for a section through the trees. And it took off towards there. So I'm like, oh, great. I'll be able to see what it is in this clearing. I ran down there. It wasn't far from where I was. It had to circle around a bit. So I could hear it crashing through the bush. And then I ran down there. Got to the clearing. There's a big post there on the edge of the clearing. So I stopped there, turned the torch off again. I'm waiting for it to come out, and it wouldn't. So I climbed up on top of this, this big old fence post, big strainer thing, climbed up on top of there and squatted down. So I'm probably 10 foot in the air now. Just waited, just waited, and I heard a few noises. So I turned the torch on again, and it took off. That's when I seen it for the first time. What did you see? Um, essentially, oh, there was a really good photo I found years ago on just on the internet that was pretty close to what I seen. But essentially it was would have been eight to ten foot just you know, heavy set build uh yaoi with it didn't have overly long scraggly hair. It was definitely all covered in hair. You know, this is nighttime. It's only about twenty meters away from me. Took off running to the east. The scrub was a bit tall, so I didn't get a good look at below its knees or anything like that. But it was definitely very big. Definitely covered in hair. When I got the torch on it, it was very, very black, dark fur. On the tips was almost like the reddish tinge. Did you see a face? I didn't see the face because it was running running across and away from me. So I didn't see the face, but the back of the head, it wasn't like it had hair, like long hair like a person. It was just even sort of hair all the way up and over, a bit scruffy on top. I remember its ear. I could see one of its ears. You know, this ear on the, this side of me it would have been a, it would have been the left side I could see mm-hmm.
0: the most. Where um, on the head was that positioned? Like similar to a human?
2: Similar to a human, maybe a bit higher, but didn't stick out at all. Like it was full flat, like didn't stick out, it was grown in to it. Yeah.
0: Did you notice a? I yeah, I remember that.
2: No. I could notice a bit of a neck movement, but it wasn't like it had a neck. It was like the muscles on top of your shoulders were just that big it was like that was its neck and I could see that hair wasn't overly long it was just almost even
0: there was hair covering all of it or were there any bald patches
2: not that I could see I mean I'd assume there'd be a bit of a bald patch probably under its arms and that. but it was dark and it was moving quick I didn't get get a good look and then um
0: and it was running right
2: it was running
0: was it moving its arms at the same time
2: it was running very oddly. It was moving very, very quick, but it was almost like it didn't have ankles or something like that, because it was running very oddly. Same sort of motion, just it's hard to explain. Like running flat foot on a road. Its arms would run normally, but then it's like you know when you run, your arm goes with your opposite leg. It was almost like every two you know steps or something, it'd skip a beat. And but yeah, its arms were very long and even. It's not like they had big muscles up top very long and even, right down to its big-ass hands. You can see the palm or anything, but big-ass hands and fingers, fingers like big fat sausages. They were halfway down. It's, between its – would have been its knee and its ankle, they were halfway, like, between me. Like, they were down on its shin. Well, that's what it looked like when it was running. And this thing was standing upright, like it wasn't crouched over. So it had very long arms. That's what it looked like. And, it, yeah, it was sort of just running pretty much like a human would, they're you know, bending its elbows and its knees essentially just running a bit awkwardly.
0: Went from right to left in front of you, left to right?
2: But yeah, so it was at the right and it went to the left, took off head knees and nicely. And oh, I got a good look at the left side of it. It didn't turn around to look at me or anything like that. It just took off. And yeah, I was able to get a shot off on it with the rifle. And I think the thing that scared me that much was I've actually seen it. I'm like, nobody's gonna believe me. Except probably Luke because he's seen. It. He said he's seen it. I said nobody's going to believe me. This shit doesn't happen. <laughs> so within the split second of running, I've seen it. Realised what it was. I've lined it up in the scope and I shot it. Okay. Did you hit it? Yeah, I've actually. Oh yeah, I got it. I would have got it in the left shoulder. What happened then? You know, probably a bad judgement of call for me. I I got the uh, twenty two caliber rifle out. It's just my little rifle. It was a hollow point bullet. It's going to have it. It Would have really wounded it. It didn't even make a noise. It didn't. Even, it didn't skip a step. Just kept running. How long
0: did you have it in view for?
2: All that, probably twenty seconds.
0: You reckon you hit it in the in the left shoulder?
2: Yeah, within the first five seconds, I would have risen up, lined it up, shot it, got it in the shoulder. Like I know I got it because when I hit it, I seen a little puff, it's almost like a bit of fur sort of puffed out or something. But okay. I have definitely hit it, and you hear the you hear the oomph when you get it with the the echo in the valley of the rifle. So I'm like, I've hit it. And then I kept watching it, and I took my eye off the scope and just watched it normally. You know, the light's still on it. It didn't even phase it. Just kept running off into the bush. And then I was that shaken up. I couldn't get off the post. I fell off it. Just trying to climb down. I fell down. I'm shaking. I'm like, I swear I hit the thing, and it didn't even phase it. I'm just like, oh, shit. I reckon I've just pissed the bloody thing off and it's going to be back. Because after that, it ran down into this into the scrub, and down there, it used to be an old tip, I think. There's a heap of rubbish and shit down in there, and you could hear it banging on stuff and throwing stuff. It was having a really good tantrum. Mm-hmm. Like it was pissed off. I went down there the next day. It made a mess. There was shit thrown everywhere. So I stayed there and listened to that for the next probably half an hour okay. until it went away. And I thought to myself, I thought, well, if it's down there making all this racket and wants to come back up, that's okay. I'm probably going to have another crack at it again. You know, what's the point of running away? I've done my research on it. I wanted to see one of these things, and I did. So I'm not going to run away from seeing it. If it comes back, I want to see it again. So yeah, I just sort of waved there. It didn't do anything. Just sort of got pissed off and left. That quiet down after that for, for the season, I guess. Started to warm up a bit and quiet down. and
0: Nothing happened the next night?
2: No, the next night, nothing happened at all. And then the night after that, you know, you could just hear the normal noise. It was just passing through again. That was it. We didn't go out and stir it up anymore after that. We thought we'd just let it, let it be for a while.
0: Did you go out near where you shot it the next day in the light to see? Was there any blood yeah. Blood on the ground? No.
2: No, nah. nah, nothing. The little rifle that I, I shot it with and the little hollow point rifle, it would have went in and then it's supposed to go into one side and take a big chunk out of the other. With hitting the big game, it would have just went in and done nothing. So there wouldn't have been a blood splatter or anything like that. But I couldn't see any. No fur, no nothing at all. Done a lot of research on him since then. So is Luke. And then Luke came back to me one night with a bunch of stuff he'd read on. Um, apparently, the series on Yowie's can um, be what's the word, in- interdimensional, I guess. Yeah. From just from what I've saw and what we've experienced, I don't think that would be the case. I mean, it, it could very well be. But just from what I know, I, I know I've definitely seen something flesh and blood.
0: And you feel like you hit it with your rifle?
2: When you shoot and you hit something that sort of close to you, 20, 30 metres away, you can hear it when it hits it. You and didn't hit I a tree. Hit there, are no, there were no trees. This paddock was clear. This bullet would have with a small caliber rifle, by the time it got to the tree line, it would have just dropped to the ground. um, But I definitely hit something, which definitely hit flesh and blood because that was a sound.
0: That was about 10 years ago that
2: happened, right? Would have been about 10 years ago, yeah.
0: After that night, you said it started things quieting down. What about the next time? Did you have
2: another experience after that? Not a big one. That quieted down, and as it did that sort of year, it sort of goes away between the, the warmer months. I think they migrate, to be honest. They're somewhere wetter. It was very wet and damp there that time of year, so maybe that's just the climate they're used to never adapted to. The opposite time of year, it does get very hot, 40, 50-degree 40, days. And I'm thinking they don't like that, so they'll migrate somewhere else for that period of year. Or maybe they hibernate. I don't know. And then, yeah, that quieted down and... I sort of moved out, mum and dad and my sister didn't notice or they just learned to live with it, I guess, you know, don't stir it up, it just does what it does and it'll leave us alone, which is probably true because it only, yeah, it only sort of hung around when we went out and pissed it off.
0: Your sister's still living there, has she had any
2: more experiences or or she's... That's one of the reasons why I um, sort of reached out. It's coming into that sort of year again and my sister still lives there and Nobody believes this. Your sister does a little bit, but she doesn't like talking about it. But she did tell me one day that it started up again and it's getting a bit bad.
0: What does bad mean? In yeah, frequent...
2: It got a lot frequent and it's it's picking up. The noise is a lot closer and it's stirring up a lot. If I seen another one just in the bush, I mean, uh, I've got no means to harm it at all. That's, that's not what I want to do. But if, if it's going to keep hanging around and, you know, threaten us and, Obviously, I've got the kids and all that stuff now and the nephews and that. Then, yeah, it becomes an issue. But if it's just going to keep its distance, that's fine. It can do its thing and we'll do our thing. But the only reason I, sh- I shot at it that night was because, yeah, it was very threatening. I've seen that thing that night and it's it's sort of, I wouldn't say bugging me up a bit, but I've seen one and I'm, I guess, one of the lucky people that have seen one. And it's people believe me. I know I've seen it. I Um, believe you. That's just one of those things I'd like to hopefully track one down and see see another one and it'll just confirm it even more.
0: I've got a copy of Tony Healy and Paul Cropper's book Yowie in Search of Australia's Bigfoot. It has a a fantastic catalogue of cases, like a few hundred cases, but that's an excellent resource if you haven't seen that already.
2: Yeah, I'll check that out.
0: An amazing amount of information. They're both fantastic researchers. They have written and put together a really good a really good book. And I think they're working on their next one. When I spoke to Tony last, they were, they were working on their, their next one. Yeah, if you're interested in the subject and you want to research more, I highly recommend getting a copy of that.
2: Okay, I'll
0: do that. How do you feel about the whole subject now?
2: Oh, I still feel like... Uh, it's... Uh like I said everybody just laughs at me I don't care anymore though. Um, so that's obviously why I've reached out to the forum Um, you know I might as well just talk about it with people that have had their own experiences
0: one of the most important things for us apart from offering support to people who've had terrifying encounters or are afraid that you know everyone thinks they're crazy it's so important to document everything yeah so we can build this case for the existence of these creatures. The the more yep. documentation we have of people's direct experiences, um, the better, the the more of a case that we can put forward. So, you know, and if you do get a chance to write down more details and you remember more details, um, yeah, please do that because that'd be great.
1: To learn more about the historical cases regarding the Illawarra region of New South Wales head to the yaoihunters.com webpage and browse through the historical pages and early newspaper clips. Thanks for listening.
2: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.